0: No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives
1: as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we see where David sends out his army against Absalom and Israel, giving orders to his captains to spare his son's life. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in the book of 2 Samuel, chapter 18, on Simply the Bible.
0: The Bible commands us to honor our father and mother. It's the one commandment with a promise that we would live a long life. Certainly those who would rebel against this commandment are hanging over a pit by a thread. Such was the case with Absalom, David's son, who rebelled against his father and tried to steal the kingdom away from him. Now Absalom was coming out with the men of Israel to fight against David and his men. We pick it up today in Second Samuel chapter 18. And David numbered the people who were with him and set captains of thousands and captains of hundreds over them. Then David sent out one-third of the people under the hand of Joab, one-third under the hand of Abishai, the son of Zeruiah, Joab's brother, and one-third under the hand of Ittai, the Gittite. David was a skilled military strategist with battle-wise, battle-worn captains. Absalom, on the other hand, had no one to compare to them. David divided his troops into three companies. Joab and Abishai were brothers and also David's nephews. Ittai was a Philistine who joined himself to David and commanded 600 Philistine soldiers. And the king said to the people, I also will go out with you myself. But the people answered, you shall not go out. For if we flee away, they will not care about us, nor if half of us die, will they care about us. But you are worth 10,000 of us now, for you are now more help to us in the city. Then the king said to them, whatever seems best to you, I will do. So the king stood beside the gate and all the people went out by hundreds and by thousands. Now they were all hanging out in the city of Mahanaim. And David wanted to go out with them, but the men said, No way, you're not going out with us. What strikes me about this was that David had amazing humility and willingness to receive counsel from his men. Pastor John Corson said, David, a man who had been given more authority than anyone in the known world, was also a man of true submission. Another great leader of remarkable humility was Billy Graham. I read where he would have new associates who were only in their 20s look over his written sermons and offer their suggestions before he preached them. One verse I'm particularly fond of is Ephesians 5.21, submitting to one another in the fear of God. That's the rule for the church as well as the family. Truly great men are humble men. Those who would give orders, must first learn to receive them and be willing to learn from anybody. David's men did not want to take any chances in losing their king. They knew Absalom and his army would be single-mindedly pursuing David's death. They did not want the light of Israel to be extinguished. Now the king had commanded Joab, Abishai, and Ittai, saying, Deal gently for my sake with the young man Absalom. And all the people heard when the king gave all the captains orders concerning Absalom. According to the law, Absalom deserved to die. Deuteronomy 21.18 says, Suppose a man has a stubborn and rebellious son Who will not obey his father or mother, even though they discipline him. In such a case, the father and mother must take this son to the elders as they hold court at the town gate. Then all the men of his town must stone him to death. In this way, you will purge this evil from among you, and all Israel will hear about it and be afraid. But David wanted to deal gently with his rebel son. Yet Absalom certainly hadn't been gentle with his father. He murdered David's son Amnon. He drove David out of Jerusalem, seized the throne, violated his concubines, and now was intent on killing David. If David had one fault, it was that he was too lenient with his sons. But then again, David deserved to die for adultery and murder, and God forgave him and spared him. The truth was, however, that there would not be peace in the kingdom if Absalom remained alive. David's army may have not been happy about the order their commander-in-chief gave them, but it was David's call to make. So the people went out into the field of battle against Israel, and the battle was in the woods of Ephraim. The people of Israel were overthrown there before the servants of David, and a great slaughter of 20,000 took place there that day. For the battle there was scattered over the face of the whole countryside, and the woods devoured more people that day than the sword devoured. So 20,000 people died. God gave a victory to David and his men. And of those 20,000, it says that more died in the woods, probably from either the the thick forested trees, the precipices, or perhaps some other obstacles that were just taking people out. Then Absalom met the servants of David. Absalom rode on a mule. The mule went under the thick boughs of a great terebinth tree and his head caught in the terebinth. So he was left hanging between heaven and earth, and the mule, which was under him, went on. Now go figure the odds of something like this happening. Uh, Traditionally, it's been interpreted that Absalom's hair was what got caught up in the tree. We don't really know that, but if that were the case, it is somewhat ironic because Absalom was proud of his hair. He wouldn't cut it except once a year, and then he weighed it and found it to be four to six pounds every time that he cut it. And now it was the very thing that hung him up. Now a certain man saw it and told Joab and said, I just saw Absalom hanging in a terebinth tree. So Joab said to the man who told him, you just saw him and why did you not strike him there to the ground? I would have given you 10 shekels of silver and a belt. But the man said to Joab, though I were to receive a thousand shekels of silver in my hand, I would not raise my hand against the king's son. For in our hearing, the king commanded you and Abishai and Ittai saying, Beware, lest anyone touch the young man Absalom. Otherwise, I would have dealt falsely against my own life. For there is nothing hidden from the king. And you yourself would have set yourself against me. So this soldier sees Absalom, dangling from the tree, tells Joab about it. And Joab said, why didn't you kill him? I would have given you a handsome reward. And he said, no way was I going to touch that guy. I was there when King David told you and the other captains, don't lay a hand on him. And if I would have touched him, you wouldn't have been there for me. You know, the man probably realized that David had a pattern of killing those that killed Kings. He, he killed the one that killed King Saul. He killed the two men that had killed Ishbosheth, Saul's son. And he's no doubt thinking, man, if I laid a hand against the king's son, I'm dead. Then Joab said, I cannot linger with you. And he took three spears in his hand and thrust them through Absalom's heart while he was still alive in the midst of the terebinth tree. And ten young men who bore Joab's armor surrounded Absalom and struck and killed him. So Joab blew the trumpet, and the people returned from pursuing Israel. For Joab held back the people, and they took Absalom and cast him into a large pit in the woods and laid a very large heap of stones over him. Then all Israel fled, everyone to his tent." Now, Joab had heard what David said, but, you know, Joab had his own agenda. And there were times he just did things his own way. He didn't have a problem disobeying David's orders when he felt like somebody should die. He murdered Abner, the general of Israel, when David had in mind to make him commander of the army in place of Joab. And now he disobeyed David's order to deal gently with Absalom No doubt because he knew it was the surefire way to end the rebellion and that there would be no peace in the kingdom with Absalom still alive. However, insubordination always leads to other problems. Now, Absalom was thrown into a pit. And I think that's sort of a reminder to anybody who would ignore the commandments of God and go his or her own way. If you would manipulate, if you would rebel, if you would just pay no attention to what's right and do whatever you want like Absalom did, just know you're going to end up in a pit. For pride comes before a fall. Now Absalom in his lifetime had taken and set up a pillar for himself, which is in the king's valley. For he said, I have no son to keep my name in remembrance. He called the pillar after his own name And to this day, it is called Absalom's monument. What a pitiful legacy that this was. Absalom had no remaining sons to comfort him in his old age. He never made it to an old age because he rebelled against the king and conspired to kill his own father. That is a surefire way to reduce your lifespan. The monument Absalom built for himself was a monument to a wasted life. Beware of such worthless monuments built by those who are rebellious in heart. The interesting thing is, is that this monument that Absalom built to himself does not exist today. Proverbs 10.7 says, The memory of the righteous is blessed, but the name of the wicked will rot. May our monument, be not anything that we build with our hands like a stone pillar, but may it be our own life, an example that we leave behind for others to imitate. May it be a life that is spent loving our God and loving people, that our memory may be blessed in the minds of others. Let's close in prayer. Heavenly Father, we look at this story, and it is just a tragedy of someone who had a son Who went wrong? Lord, I know that there are many with prodigals, prodigal sons, prodigal daughters who have strayed away. They have dishonored their parents. But Father, we thank you that you are the Father who waits patiently for the prodigal to return. Lord, you are one who continually holds out hope. And Lord, I pray that you would reveal yourself to our prodigals. That you would reveal your love, your grace, your compassion, and your willingness to pardon their sins. Though their sins deserve death, yet, Lord, you have given grace and mercy and life for all who will return to you in faith. Lord, make this
1: so, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. You've been listening to Simply the Bible. The Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. To listen to other episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our iTunes podcast. Next week, we'll see where Joab sends messengers to David with news of the battle and the death of his son Absalom. We hope you'll join us as we continue in the book of 2 Samuel on Simply the Bible.